0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth? If not, where would you start? Is it money and your family, money and charitable contributions, or business and personal wealth. This is Conversations with Money, featuring your hosts, Franco Caliguri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our show is about real people talking about money. You will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money, and also hopefully develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here is Franco and Marissa. Welcome to Conversations with Money. I'm your host. Franco
2: Caligari
3: And I'm your host, Marissa Sepolinski.
2: Welcome to uh, today's show. And then before, Marissa, we get into introducing our guests, uh, we're quite excited to have our guests uh, today. Uh, I just want to give a quick um, shout you. out to. So what what you? are you saying? Thank you. Oh, I
3: thought you were going to say a quick thank you. Oh, okay. Is that how we were going? To the listeners.
2: Yes. Yes. In the country. So I thought you were taking
3: uh, credits for something. go go for it. (laughs) Not thank you to me.
2: (laughs) Well, we want to thank uh, uh, Jamaica for for listening in. Um, We noticed a a very large um, segment, uh, increased segment uh, in listenership uh, in Jamaica. Also, we want to thank uh, Russia and also Vietnam, China. Japan. Japan. And
3: Israel.
2: Israel, yes. It might be
3: my family listening. All,
2: all of them are your family members. That's right. Yes. Yeah, we're making making a little joke about that. <sighs> uh, but, uh, and also uh, all across the U.S. and across Canada, we, we uh, and if we miss any of the countries out there, um, we apologize, but we thank you uh, for li- listening in every single week and also downloading the podcast and um, joining us every single week. We hope that you are enjoying the content that we are providing and I think today would be no different Um, you know we strive to to provide you with quality content information that you can take away or or listen at your leisure and and hopefully spark a a thought or make you pause for a moment and, and really think about your own finances what what you're doing and what you could be doing differently and Marissa I hope today that and I think today actually is going to be one of those episodes where it will get people to, to pause and to think because we're going to be talking about charitable giving.
3: Yeah, it's a big topic.
2: It is. And do you give, Marissa?
3: I do. It's something that you and I have, I think we probably connected about that years ago, years before we started working together. That was a big part of both of our. Um, extra, you know, things that we did on the side of working as financial advisors and something that we both wanted to come together and, and help other people give more of. So yes, I give.
2: You give and, 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 you just touched upon something at capital Core, I mean, our company uh, was founded with, with one of the pillars being that we give and we, we give back to, to the community.
3: And we have a mission. We have a big we goal. Have a mission.
2: We do and that is to redirect a billion dollars that would have gone or, or would go to CRA to the nonprofits uh, within, within Canada. Why pay
3: taxes when you could donate?
2: Uh, well, <laughs> we believe it's a good thing. <laughs> the and government's going
3: to come after me after this episode. <laughs> no, no, CRA
2: supports this. CRA supports How do we know that? Because CRA provides tools to allow Canadians, and, 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 and if you're in a country where... Um, you have the same tools available to you we encourage you to check them out because we know each country has its own tax laws and rules but here in Canada uh, the government has allowed us and given us tools to be able to to really reduce our taxes by giving Mm -hmm. so if you're charitably inclined there are many many tools that we can use I know
3: and it's crazy to think I'm glad we're having this conversation too and I'm excited to share this episode with people because there's still a lot of people I spoke to somebody on Friday night that wasn't aware of her options to donate to offset taxes And it it boggles my mind how many people still in Canada that we've spoken to that don't realize the option exists for them to not just experience the experience of giving, which we're going to obviously get into and have the effects that you get from that on an emotional level and which are much greater than the actual gift. But also that this is a strategy that they can use that instead of donating to the government via taxes, you can donate to causes you actually care about. Not that we don't actually care about the government, but if you want to you know, get participate in giving.
2: Right. Absolutely. So, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. let me introduce uh, our guest today. And uh, our guest is uh, John Bromley. And John is the founder and CEO of Chimp.net and Peer Giving Solutions, and also the co-founder of Benefit Group, with more than a decade of experience in the charitable sector, so Definitely comes very qualified to be talking about uh, charitable giving and, and to be speaking about charitable sector. John provides strategic guidance on financing and organizational structure to local, national, and international charities, so just not here in Canada, uh, foundations and nonprofits, and as well as private and public companies. John also provides his deep rooted knowledge of the challenges faced by charities to develop web based platforms that encourage mass awareness. Of and participation in charitable sector, and John, it says here that uh, also your innovative ideas about the intersection between charitable giving and technology have made him made yourself a sought after advisor and speak around the world. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank it's quite you. an honor to have you here and, and to be speaking with us and to be speaking with the world.
4: Yeah, hello world. <laughs> Thanks
3: for having me. So, John, I want to kind of I'm curious. I want to jump right into it because I knew about Chimp. Uh, and had used Chimp as a platform to help other people in increasing their charitable donations. And when I first heard about Chimp, I thought it was an amazing uh, platform, an amazing structure, an amazing idea. I want to know from you, how did you get into this? Like, what what is? Oh, well, how did you get into this?
4: Well, going all the way back, I have a uh, family values connection to the charitable sector. Okay. Uh, growing up, I was taught uh, as a young boy to to give. Taught might even be a generous word. Maybe the word is forced. Forced? <laughs> you know, my parents would pay me a uh, you know, $5 a month um, uh, allowance, and mm-hmm. they would effectively force me to give away uh, 50 cents of that every, every week uh, or every month. So, so that was a form of a, a tithe. I, ca- I came from a, a house that uh, was uh, a bit religious in the Christian sense. And, uh, like other religions, they sort of think around a 10% mark to give. So Mm -hmm. from a young age, it was inculcated into me that, uh, it's something that I, that you do with money is you, when you, you get, you, you also, you also give, um, professionally, I started in the corporate finance and investment banking world actually, but my dad happens to be one of the global thought leaders on, on charity law and finance. Uh, so once I sort of, uh, uh, was able to get off my high horse and actually work for Dad a little bit. Um, you know, I started learning a lot about the technical, um, you know, uh, side of charity, and that's where I, I got really technically proficient and strategically um, oriented towards how to carry charity out. The difference between charity sort of being the spirit that you believe in, and, and but actually carrying it out is a, is a different thing. Um, And and then Chimp really started from a context of of taking all that knowledge that was really only accessible to the small numbers of people who were really hardcore or excited about charity and developing a platform that would make uh, charity more accessible and participatory for anybody.
3: How does that... Can you explain a little bit for people who aren't familiar with Chimp? Can you explain how you do that with Chimp?
4: Yeah, we look at charity as a very um, material part of the economy and... um, one of the things that uh, governs the economy to make it accessible for for most people is something called a bank, mm-hmm. <laughs> and people have uh, bank accounts. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, they are able to store money in a in a safe and secure and organized way, so that in theory, anyways, they can just focus on how they're going to spend it and hopefully spend it well. Uh, so, so, so when you looked at the charity sector, there wasn't generally speaking, a bank that was accessible to the ordinary person to, to, to manage and organize their charitable giving. And instead, it was like, all we do is ever, you know, take um, asks, call it fundraising, but from the charities and, and, and respond to them out of the mattress that's somehow stored in our money. And so, you know, the idea of CHIMP was just to take a, an existing bank-like approach to help uh, organize, manage, and amplify uh, the charitable impact that we can have as ordinary citizens, whether we give a little or a lot.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Were, were you the uh, the first to, to come up with a platform like this?
4: Well, I was the first. I'm among the first to recognize that um, banks are largely irrelevant if they're not accessible. So Chimp in in Canada is built on top of something that is familiar also in the United States of America and England and other jurisdictions around the world. What's called a donor advised fund. So it's a it's an account that a donor you know can put money into, and advise where the money goes. So donor advised funds aren't new. I didn't invent them. Yeah, they came
2: out. Uh, I think it was nineteen ninety three. Fidelity was the first to come out with it in the U S. They were they were the they were the first, they, were among, they were among the first to really popularize yeah. the idea. But what
4: what's happened since let's call it ninety three to today is that donor advised funds have been used. You know, um, uh, among only the higher echelons of, you know, wealthy society to say, well, you know, you don't need to set up a -hmm. a big, expensive, administratively heavy private foundation. You can use a donor-advised fund instead. And, well, I agree with that. But... That donor advice fund is still hidden behind, you know, layers of, you know, paperwork, and it can't be accessed on your cell phone easily, and it's not yet social, and so they haven't really donor advice funds haven't really respected uh, the internet or the social web. Um, in, in a lot of the same way, I think you can be critical of a lot of big banks and saying they haven't done that either. So Chimp is among the first to think of uh, donor advice fund as as. Really, just a bank account for charity that's available to anybody anytime, whether you give money or not. I'll give you an example. I've got two young boys. None of them, neither of them are old enough to, you know, read or spell, but uh, they have a donor advised fund that I pay a charitable allowance of sorts into their account, um, you know, once a month, uh, which is meant to aggregate money for them to give money away once they're a little bit older so Mm -hmm. that they can make their own decisions in so doing. The Donor advice funds, uh, like the Fidelities of the world, you know, haven't really thought that way. They've just been more in the, well, you don't need a private foundation, so why don't you set up a donor advice fund and not really making that idea relevant to everybody the way a bank account is.
3: How old do you think, I'm curious, this is changing topics, but when? how old do you think your kids will be before you're able to have a conversation with them and explain to them what that account that you've set aside money for Uh, what the purpose is.
2: Well, and the reason why we, we asked that is because we, we talked about in a previous episode on when to start talking about money with kids and when can they start taking responsibility with money and, and start to understand the concepts of money. There, there are so many people that we come across on a daily basis that, that they could be in their twenties, thirties, forties, God forbid, their fifties that still don't understand the concept of money. Yeah,
3: and so we talk a lot. I love that you knew why I was asking that. The reason we ask that, I was like, <laughs> we're one. Um, we talk about it a lot. Is the effects of what the children see, uh, both from their parents and what the parents teach them, and how? Although as an adult, it is time we take responsibility for our actions and our use or responsibility or lack of responsibility with money. Uh, a lot of it does stem from things that we saw as children at very young ages. When we think, uh, you know, that the children aren't taking things in, they are. Yeah. So that's why I was curious. I know you have a, a two-year-old and a four-year-old, right? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Um, good question. I mean, m- one answer is it's never too young to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that um, we often sort of make things more complicated than they actually are. You know, a funda- understanding fundamental value of money, um, understanding values like you know, sharing with others when you have enough yourself uh, are are global concepts, and they're concepts that have to be built in and re- at a young age and reinforced. Uh, a slightly more practical answer mm-hmm. is is directly to your, your your first question, which was when is it? to you know, so, so, what I see is so I pay a matrural allowance every month. And so money's stacking up like it would an allowance. And they are going to come home once they're in grade school saying, hey, dad, I got this, you know, something happening in school, what can I do? And instead of just saying, oh, strike a check from dad's checkbook or mom's checkbook and say, you know, take this and give it to your teacher, which adds no value Mm -hmm. to them, although it does add some financing value to whoever's receiving the money. My version would be, okay, well, let's talk up son. My, my kids are boys, son, let's talk about, mm-hmm. you know, why you're asking me for this money. What is it meant to do? See if you can even answer any of those questions mm-hmm. and get to the point and say, well, listen, you've got, you know, X amount of money in your account. Why don't you make the decision as to whether or not you're going to give it away? I think fundamentally spending your own money on your own terms is a really important, uh, thing. And, um, there's no age that's too young to start, um, talking about those types of values or those types of practices
0: why
3: do you want your kids to like when you set that account up what was your intention other than obviously to help them with that fundamental value that you speak about can you elaborate a bit on that in terms of why you felt it's so important to teach your children about the uh, about giving
4: Despite the fact that I spent, you know, time in, you know, a a bank as a sort of investment banker and that I'm sort of, and I'm creating today a a charitable bank, a web-based charitable bank, a lot of the fundamental lessons I learned about money actually stem from my parents paying me an allowance and forcing me to give. Right. Because, you know, you know, I was like kind of into skateboarding for a little bit and it was like, you know, John, are you going to, dad, dad, mom, dad, I want to skateboard. Cool, well, you can save for it. What does that mean? Well, that means, for example, don't go to Seven Eleven and spend all your allowance on candy. <laughs> and, and, you know, that seems trivial to me today as an adult, uh, an immature adult. Uh, but um, it, 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 it fundamentally is about, you know, the concepts of um, live within your means. Right. You know, buy things that you uh, can afford uh, and that you value. And and this idea, this economic concept of opportunity cost, which is, you know, if you do A, you don't necessarily do B. Then um, okay, well, let's choose between A and B, and and live with our choice. Mm-hmm. And 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 kids need to learn that early because it's easier to teach people proper. It's easier to teach. It's in my experience easier to teach people what's quote right and keep them on the path than it is to. Uh, cor- course correct people who are road. wrong because habits are so powerful. Positive habits are incredibly powerful with positive externality, and negative habits are
2: um, very destructive. It's a shame that the show is only one hour because <laughs> so many you, things to go into. <laughs> that's right. So you brought up many points that we have discussed in the It was like past, 18
3: topics you just covered. <laughs>
2: unfortunately, well, we only have an hour. Happy <laughs> hey, to come back, especially <laughs> if the show's in Vietnam. Right? Yeah, right. Done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, Melissa, did you hear that? We got confirmation for John. We're doing
3: another episode. <laughs> Future show.
2: When, right. when, we, episode. when we
4: shoot in Jamaica,
2: John is in. Done. Oh,
3: <laughs> well, we're in
2: too. We have a live
3: audience. We <laughs> totally do yeah. it. I like
2: yeah. Oh, that's great. I know we're going um, on to a
3: break in a minute, but John, do you yeah. want to share how people can get a hold of you uh, or check out, just uh, give some information to your website and some further information? Yeah,
4: yeah I mean, chimp uh, Chimp.net. So Chimp, by the way, is a combined word for charitable and impact. And you can find us at Twitter. Oh, I never at,
3: even knew that.
4: Well, there you go. Charitable there's, and impact. There's, yeah, we're, it's more than just a word. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're, we're on Twitter at, uh, at WeAreChimp. Uh, you can find me at at John Bromley, all one word. Um, and yeah, please feel free to look us up and 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 send us questions or or, or whatever.
3: Perfect. Um, yeah. yeah.
4: So
2: let's go to a break.
3: Okay. And, sorry, right. I cut you no, off. Oh no, no, that's a new one. I usually cut you off. You owe me about a hundred cut off, so I'll let that one go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll see everybody on the other side.
1: it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caliguri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at CapitalCoreFinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money.
2: Welcome back to Conversations with Money. I'm your host, Franco Caligiuri. And
3: I'm your host, Marissa
2: Sepulinski. Uh We hope that uh, you went to check out uh, Chimp's uh, website and you went to Twitter and started following John. And if you have any questions, um, is there an email that... Oh, yeah. do, you, do you get a lot of emails? Do people send emails? Or is there like yeah. an info Yeah, con? Yeah, hello
3: yeah.
4: at chimp.net. No hello. way. That's
3: awesome. Hello. hello.
4: At, I, lo- I
3: love that. We should change info at CapitalCoreFinancial.com <laughs> to well, hello we're, at CapitalCoreFinancial.com. So we're,
4: we're all human beings at Chimp. You know? Yeah, this yeah. is true. You know, you can say hello to us. Hello okay. at Chimp.net. Send us an email.
3: I love it.
2: All right. Thank Melissa, you, John. Let's change it quickly. <laughs> so before the break... Um, I thought uh, we were having a, a great conversation just talking about, uh, you gave a little background about Chimp and, and yourself. And also we were discussing how kids can start at a very young age. Uh, I believe kids we have a greater capacity than what we as adults um, give them credit for. About a month ago, I opened up a trading account for my son. He's eight years old. He just turned eight. And I thought he was ready, and I thought it would be a good opportunity for him to learn about buying a stock, buying an investment, selling uh, either capital gain or loss, or even seeing what a dividend can do. And so what you were just talking about there, I just thought it was fascinating just because that's, that's something that I'm trying to do. But what you're talking about there is another level. It's like, how do you add um, charitable giving as part of that, that overall platform? Yeah, or
4: I'm talking about the same thing, just in a different um,
2: venue, venue, platform. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Absolutely.
3: I think it's important to talk about, and this is something that intrigues me all the time, and I think it's an important piece that not a lot of people are fully aware of, is the actual effects of giving and why it's important. I was reading um, a piece that talked about, it said something to the effect of uh, giving is the universal cure for depression. And it was saying that amongst anybody, any age, anywhere in the world, in the act of giving, whether it's a child giving another child, you know, food who doesn't have food or it's us as adults giving money, there's a there's an effect on us emotionally that I don't think is given enough attention to. I know we talk a lot about uh, the causes that we care about and the tax effects and, you know, the financial impact and how to fit into your yeah, financial But Yeah, hard strategy. numbers. Yeah. But, I do think it's an important note to not obviously, we don't obviously want it driven 100% by financial strategy and by, uh, you know, the causes that you care about. Also, I think it's important to connect with what happens when you give. Have you talked about this, I, I assume, a lot?
4: <laughs> yeah, sure. So, so CHIMP uh, stands for charitable impact. And we define charitable impact as um, what results, the change that results when we give. And we talk about there being two sides to that change, Mm -hmm. uh, which uh, the more they coexist together, the better, but they can actually also um, exist independently. So so the two sides of charitable impact we talk about are the change that results in us as human beings, in and among our families, in and among our communities when we give. Mm -hmm. So what does the mentality of giving a giving mindset, an abundance mindset, if you will, bring to how you deal with everyday problems, how you, you know, deal with uh, um, you know problems and opportunities in your own lives or those in, in, in others. The other form of charitable impact we talk about is the social change that results when you give to the cause that you've chosen. So if you're out to save the ducks, the second type of charitable impact is you know how the ducks have been made better off. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know what problem you're, you're you're addressing. How that problem has been changed. So we we purposefully at Chimp talk about charitable impact in us as people, which even if that money goes to the ducks and is quote spent poorly, well, hopefully we learn from that. But still, us as people feel good about 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 giving, uh, and then the other side being social change. Um, There is a lot of science that we don't need to get into, but that does sort of start to show, you know, people that are of a giving mindset lead healthier, you know, more optimistic, more positive. Yeah, there's a lot of stress, lower depression, better
3: health. Yeah uh yeah. happier in general it was yeah. like when you yeah. give there's a an emotional effect it triggers part in your brain uh, that releases serotonin it's a very it's it's amazing yeah it, there's an actual effect that can't be reproduced by anything other than giving yeah you know and and I think a lot of people miss that point i I, I just wanted to comment on it because I think well it's, I,
4: I mean i I think you're right you it, it is missed and and I think partly the industrialization of the charitable sector has um really played a role in missing that. There's this, almost a stigma, uh, that relates to, you know, getting anything back when you give and where that stigma exists and and should exist is like, if you give, maybe don't expect a Ferrari in return, you know, Hey, I gave a million dollars to the duck, you know, charity and I want, you know, a $900,000, you know, gold watch. I'm looking at your watch there, Frank. I was like, gold,
3: $900,000?
4: Um, add another hundred in your clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Rango
3: okay. is not wearing a million dollar watch. I'm just putting that out there now. People write in. Right. Why do you guys talk about be, saving the radio. money? You <laughs> talk about saving money and yeah. being yeah. on a budget, yeah. but you buy a million dollar
0: watch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. One day he'll
4: get oh, away. Hell. So, 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 so there's this kind of stigma that relates to like you know, oh, well, when you give, you shouldn't expect anything in return. And there's some real philosophical, even theological truth to that. But it's almost been taken too far because what's, what's, what's got, it, it, let me reframe that, it has been taken too far because what's actually left the conversation is let's talk about the, the, the benefits to society when we have a whole bunch of people who are more of an abundance mindset than a scarcity mindset, people who want to actively get engaged in solving problems uh, in their community as opposed to those who don't. And, it's, and there's nothing wrong with feeling good about uh, yourself. So, uh, so, 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 I'm of the view that we need to talk more about it and reward people for giving, and then talk about what we're willing to reward them with, as opposed to just taking the rewards out.
3: Mm-hmm. When you say the abundance mindset over, I love that the abundance mindset over scarcity mindset. How is that? I mean, what would the effects be of if you imagine a whole community? Like if you think about, I think about the effect of giving. In a community, the more people that you have with the abundance mindset, that looks very different than a scarcity mindset community.
4: Yeah. Um, so uh, abundance. I don't. Um, I don't talk about abundance um, in the context of um, having a lot of money, but having a lot. Yeah, uh, that, that and, was and what feeling, I was referring and to. And feeling. As well. So. So. Uh, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but I deal with a lot of what I call um, wealth creators, people who uh, are rich, mm-hmm. in other words. Um, one, of the, one of the reasons rich people don't give as much away on a per capita, et cetera, you know, on, on an income basis, on percentage people, as, 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 as poor people is, is sometimes an, or often attributed to wealthy people always being fearful of becoming poor. Mm -hmm. Right. As opposed to, you know, kind of quote poor people who, 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 who are just like, well, I don't know, I'm already poor, I guess. So I'm not really, you know, scared of becoming poor. So, so a lot of wealthy people I know and have interacted with do not have an abundance mindset, despite the fact that they have abundance. Uh, And a lot of, you know, my peers and my friends and people just ordinary people on the street actually bring this abundance Mm -hmm. mindset. Despite the fact that their resources are scarce, if I had to choose between the two, in a community, I would go with abundance mindset and less resources rather than plentiful resources and a scarcity mindset. The reason being that in the when there is abundance, but with a scarcity mindset, is that is those resources almost by definition become underutilized, and so they might
2: as well not mm-hmm. even be there. Actually, in the uh, yeah, I, like, I know Marissa wants to say something, but Tom's cut in. I have a thought, Marissa, please just bear with me.
3: I'll hold it in my head.
2: But uh, recently uh, the UN came out with, with a report that, that talked about this specific um, topic and, and what they were saying is, and what the report came out with, is that the, the, the wealthy or, or having, giving more, more wealth uh, to, the, to the wealthy individuals or families through tax breaks or through incentives does not um, create a trickle-down effect. Where in the 80s, with, starting with Reagan, that was the mentality that, well, if we give more money to the wealthy, then it will trickle down. And that means that more people have more money and they'll pay more taxes and it'll stimulate the economy even further. Um, but what they're saying now is that the reports are coming out, the studies are coming out, is that that's not actually what's happening. Is that And, and actually what you just said there really clearly explained mm-hmm. the reason – Uh, I'm sure there's other factors too, but I think that's uh, the predominant thought that, well, I I don't want to be poor, so I need to hoard more or need to keep more of it, and and so that they do spend less. Because you would think that, yeah, if you got a billion dollars, that they're going to be spending quite a bit of it because they're going to be able to replenish it. Mm -hmm.
4: Um, Well, it comes back to just what we were talking about in the first segment.
2: You know, why.
4: Inculcating youth and children with good values is so important because if if you can raise your kids to have an abundance mindset, uh, then you know even if they have a little, they'll still feel like they have a lot, and that's right. a pretty big. That's a pretty big edge on your competition.
2: And hopefully, hopefully that they if they do have a lot, because it really doesn't matter about how many zeros that's right that there are. It's the mindset of what they will do with it. And I remember reading in, in Business of Vancouver local publication. Talking about uh, an individual that was part of the Walmart family that um, had an incredible amount of money tens of millions, but has made it her her mission to to give it all away mm-hmm. and 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 that type of mindset it's yeah. beautiful to read that yeah well, one thing we you know about wealth is that you can 't
4: take it with you when you die so you People have tried you have to <laughs> give it away no matter what right so you either give it away to you know people who are really close to you and aren't in arm's length, or you give it away to others or some split there, there between.
3: The, the thing that I was going to add, what I was going to say that I was thinking about that's interesting that you sort of just reaffirmed for me is the abundance mindset that we were talking about. And, and John, you were saying that you would rather live in a community with an abundance mindset with lower resources than a scarcity mindset with greater resources. And I was thinking to myself as you were saying that, that for any community or any person on a personal side or community side, I feel as though the only way to go towards an abundance mindset and an abundance of resources is to have that abundance mindset first. Yeah, I don't think it comes after, and I think that's the the a failure in the system and the way that we're thinking. And as you were talking, I didn't think about that until you were you were saying it. I was like, oh, that's it. That's how we go from you know a lot of the time we stay in the scarcity mindset, and then we have the resources, but we stay in the scarcity mindset, and that's. I think what's preventing a lot of the people with the wealth, exactly like you said, from giving mm-hmm. and from increasing their charitable donations and from experiencing, which is unfortunate because they're keeping from themselves that amazing experience that we talked about, uh, you know, that, that experience of giving. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing when you think about what can really be done. You talked about, you know, a community filled with the abundance mindset. I think that's the root that's how you get to having the abundance of resources.
4: Well, word mindset's important for me. And let me use an example that's not about giving. Um, well, one of the problems I talk about, by the way, is like, where do people learn how to give? Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, you know, in schools, not really. Basically, they're just fundraised at. In companies, mm, starting to change a little bit. But generally, you're just fundraised at. Um, at the dinner table, really depends on the family. Okay, generally speaking, it's not happening there either. Um, so, where do you, where do you, where do you learn how to give? And I and I think about that problem a lot, and I and I try to fix it in my own life. I relate it to, um, I think, something that's been a huge cultural shift since I've been uh, alive. So I'm just under the, I'm I'm under the age of forty. I'm between thirty five and forty. Uh, uh, uh. A young old man and, uh, and and so when I was a kid, uh, recycling started to happen in Vancouver and 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 now, twenty years later, like I don't identify as you know a tree hugger, I don't identify as like a hardcore environmentalist, but I am very much environmentally aware, and like if I've got a you know can of soda water in my pocket that's empty, literally I will walk for blocks and blocks and blocks until I find an appropriate place to put that can down. Whereas, you know, my parents' generation, uh, love you guys, uh, would have probably just tossed it in the garbage can, right? And so now that's, for my kids, that's changing into like, you know, organics. Like my kids know the word compost before they know the word garbage. Mm. So, so, So on the giving mindset, is it achievable culturally if... If more of us start talking about it, if more of us start practicing it, it's not just about being good at it. And that's what everyone's always, how do we give money away to more effective charities? Okay, that's an important question. But the real question should be, how do you get people to give a crap about giving to charities at all? Because only then does the conversation about how you give to, quote, good charities become relevant.
3: So how do you get, I, I Well, mean,
2: first that's of the all, I just question. want to say, I, I would uh, actually take that can, bring it home, and go get my five cents. So, I would take it a step further. But <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 you were saying that, I'm like, yeah. I would take it home. But yeah. how, only, something <laughs> I you, you said, I you, you said,
3: uh, how do we get them to give a crap? I love that, because how do you get them yeah. to give a crap? It's a
2: great question. I well,
4: mean, well, it, it,
2: well, let me tell you what I think. I mean, but the example that you just gave, I think it was brilliant i, I for,
4: so at chimp we we we're building our 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 brand our idea around beliefs mm-hmm. so just let me leave you with a couple of beliefs before we go to another break here um everybody everyone listening to this show wants something in the world to change. everybody listening to this show has something to give uh when you give, you get something in return mm-hmm. right. We talk about people changing the world. We don't. We don't use words like "we think you can change the world" and get all hurrah hurrah. We, you do change the world. So the question becomes: Are you kind of doing it for the better, or is it for the worse? You know how you go about your daily life, how your mindset is. So, so, and ultimately get down to our 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 our, our belief statement and and arguably our core assumption at Chimp, which is that people have a human spirit of charity. Now it may be dusty. If it's a muscle, it maybe atrophied. You know, you may not be well-practiced with it, but you have a human spirit of charity. And and what gets us out of bed at Chimp and what our ambition statement is at Chimp is to empower the human spirit of charity. That's all we do. But it's built off these belief systems that people, you know, want something in the world to change and they have something to give. We're not saying you got tons of money to give to charity. We're saying you have something to give. You change the world. Now, what are you going to do about it? So I think teaching people about how to give is actually you know, kind of stripping away all the garbage and all the pandemonium Mm -hmm. and noise that comes from fundraising in particular and saying, let's talk about human values Mm -hmm. and let's talk about the realities that all the problems in the world touch all of us within reason. And what are we most passionate about so that we can start chipping away at using what we want to change and what we have to give to start working towards solving that problem.
3: Oh, so well put.
2: And with that, we'll go into a break.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was – thank you. We'll, take, we'll, we'll continue this discussion on the other side.
1: The Business Community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caliguri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to info at CapitalCoreFinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money.
2: And welcome back. And uh, we hope that uh, you've actually gone to Chip's uh, website. And before the break, uh, John, you, you finished off uh, just summarizing uh, just what we were discussing there. And uh, we thought that was really really great what you just said there. So, so we want to ask, how does one... Include charitable giving as part of their overall financial planning or their, their planning or, or in, in, when they're looking at their finances how do they include that? Well we spent some time already talking about
4: you know mindset and culture around um, you know giving and feeling empowered to give back I think that's actually the biggest piece you know people who are trained to give do it um, less begrudgingly they, they do it more happily uh um so I think that mindset is actually a huge, huge part. Um where that mindset doesn't exist, you know, I, I try to play the KISS game, you know, the KISS game? Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> right. So so <laughs> I'm keep-
3: like, are we I thought it was about kissing. Sorry. That's a different
2: show. Melissa, pull out the bottle.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, i like, spin the, bottle. Yeah, spin the bottle. I don't All know. Right. It's All a right. kiss game. Not what's okay. my kiss game. Well, Sorry, kiss John, game. back to the you. The other kiss game is
4: to keep it simple, stupid. So, I so, like that one. So, so, But if you're talking about a bottle uh, of beer, for example, or a can of Coke, uh, you know, how much does it really impact you to leave five percent of the bottle there you know when you're eating a meal does it really impact you that much to take sort of four seven percent of that meal and put it off to the side maybe even on another plate and not touch it so where i'm going here is how to sort of get used to the idea that giving away small amounts but regularly is actually not that big of a sacrifice people you know are always so consumed with how little they have. I mean, here we are sitting in Vancouver, one of the most beautiful, you know, cities in the world, but where real estate is incredibly, you know, uh, expensive and you hear all the time, well, I don't have any money to give away because uh, Vancouver's so expensive. And and on the one hand, I have a huge amount of sympathy for that cuz it is incredibly expensive. On the other hand, you have people who, you know, have little to nothing and who make it a part of their everyday living to give and aren't really you know, impeding their ability to make their, ma- their mortgage payments every month by budgeting in a certain amount. So one way to start is first with mentality and then committing to a budget that you are going to give absent major catastrophe because when you start, it's a lot easier to, to, to keep going.
3: Um, Can I ask you a question in regards to that? You, you mentioned that the people with lower income, had an, it seems to be, or what I'm hearing from you, have an easier time building a number that fits within their budget and sticking to it opposed to uh, feeling like a, a scarcity mentality.
4: Well, that it's, it's largely due to mentality, but it's also, you know, sometimes when the numbers are smaller, mm-hmm. you, you feel like, hey, you know what, I'm just going to commit to $50 a month mm-hmm. and I'm going to make that a regular thing and it's just, it's just gone. I mean, one of the, one of the nice things about something like payroll giving is, or recurring gifts, um, is that, you know, they get taken off your payroll or off your credit card, you know, really regularly and you make the decision once and it keeps happening. Um, now what, by the way, we try to do with chimp there is we try to say, put all of that money into one central location so that once you've gotten over the hump of making the sacrifice of giving. You can go into one place and really think about how you're going to spend that money to uh, to uh, amplify the impact you want to have in the world. Um, one of the big questions is, you know, how much to give? And people make a big deal about this, and they put all these fancy calculators out there. Really, it's a personal thing. Being, you know, being playing Kiss again, keep it simple, stupid, okay? <laughs> I
1: like how is, you look at me. Okay, is, Damn
4: it. It's just... Is just well, you know, again, like let's, let's, let's try to make the world black and white. So if you don't give, does it matter how much to give? No. So not until you're actually giving at all and you're in the mindset of giving anything. Does it really, does the conversation about how much should you give or can you give even become relevant? So playing kiss, I'd say just start giving whatever amount you're comfortable doing an amount that i like to talk about is an amount that you're aware of so you 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 think in your in your in your head and you feel in your your heart that something is happening but where it's not such a huge number that like you're stressed out about it i do think that the element of sacrifice should be present in charitable giving because then you've got some skin in the game and you want to do better with it and the more you want to the more you want to have a good experience of giving money away impactfully, in the same way that you want to invest in, you know, good stocks or 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 good portfolios or you know buy life insurance for the appropriate reasons, um, you wanna you want to have a good experience giving, and um, uh, so 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 starting small, but where there's a little bit of pain, but not so much pain that you're not going to do it, and building up from there, so that the conversation about how much is had in context of a feeling rather than this kind of
2: intangible, am I going to do it or am I not? And that's very good advice. And you've answered it really well, in my opinion, in our opinion. How about if someone is working with an advisor or a professional that just doesn't get it?
4: Well, I think that you're working with an advisor who doesn't get it. You should um, probably
2: think about switching advisors.
3: You mean the advisor doesn't get it or
2: the... The, the advisor, yes, but, but also... Like the advisor
3: um, isn't able to... Working with an accountant. Because
2: I find sometimes with a, working with, even with an accountant where they, they're just writing the numbers and they're just filing the tax returns where I find that they have an important role too in, in providing even the advice and, and supporting that idea too. So I've actually come across um, individuals, clients, where the accountant uh, refers basically said no, you shouldn't do that mm-hmm. and and the advisor side i could see it where because there there's a, there's an interest of managing the money mm-hmm. but from from accountant's perspective they're just filing tax return but but for them mm-hmm. they give their own personal opinion on that but I guess it is just simply as what you said <laughs> just switch then
4: well, well, I
2: mean, this is a different topic, but I mean, having, it, it is, uh, having yes.
4: values alignment with the people that you uh, interact with and, and get advice from in particular is is a pretty critical thing, I think. Um, uh, are there scenarios where you shouldn't give any money away to charity? Yeah, probably.
2: If you can afford an accountant, probably not. <laughs> but, but I think also <laughs> on, on, the, on the point of, because uh, we agree with you, uh, making it hurt a bit because that's how we we approach also with our clients of yeah. uh if you're just doing it and it just you don't even think about it
4: be able to feel it
2: right, right exactly you know it's there exactly yeah. and, and I think that that's where we've come across some resistance yeah. where it's like, no no that's that's too much
4: yeah. yeah well you know uh so 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 everyone everyone's going to do their own thing and 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 we're all empowered to to do so so one of the other questions i hear a lot is sort of like You know, or or one of the pushbacks to giving is sort of like, oh, well, I don't give today because I'm going to give more tomorrow. Uh, So the problem with that is that it assumes that you're going to have a lot tomorrow. And that's a pretty... uh, um,
3: Silly way of thinking?
4: Well, it's a big assumption, (laughs) right? And if you actually know that, then, you know, I want to know who you are so you can predict the future for for me too. Um, uh, So... So the, the, so what, I would much rather have people, you know, get into the habit of giving regularly, mm-hmm. getting to get their head around, you know, what type of charities they want to support, when and why, and so that if and when they do have this, you know, so-called windfall in the future, they can... They're, um, they're ready. They, they're ready. Because, you know, what happens in a lot of fact patterns is, is this, this going back to the scarcity kind of mindset, is people, you know, get rich, and in a lot of scenarios, it happens you know, quite quickly. It doesn't actually happen quickly in reality, but the liquidity event can be quick, right? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I'm, you know, have this company and then you IPO or it gets bought out and all or it's of a an sudden inheritance. you have all this, or it's an inheritance and all of a sudden you have, have all this money. So, you know, are you fit? Are you financially fit? Mm-hmm. Do you have the ability to even... You know deal with this and you know that's where again financial advisors who are values aligned with you is is critical because they can help you achieve you know what you want to achieve what the purpose of your capital is you you, you two are ahead of the game uh, in my experience um, but it is starting to shift out there particularly with this 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 generation of millennials who who are, are being diagnosed anyway as as, as a more caring generation so we'll see we'll see what that ends up what looking like in reality. But what we are finding is that, you know, advisors who are able to talk to the parents are not able to talk to the, to the mm-hmm. children. And one of the big gaps that I'm seeing, and this is in conversation with a, a, a lot of people and very senior people in financial institutions is, is, is that um, the purpose of money is what younger people want to talk mm-hmm. about and understand. Uh, and purpose involves a holistic environment and a lot of the, you know, older generations who are coming out of a baby boomer, you know, context are, 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 are not quite there just because of the culture in which they've, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, grown up or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um,
3: there's a point there though, too, that going back to what we talked about at the very beginning of the episode is in terms of. You know, if you look at generationally, it seems as though a lot of the people that I meet with now, whether they're in their twenties, thirties, forties, any age, and they are, and it's a regular part of their practice, their life, their financial plan, a consistent thing that I hear a lot from them is is they learned it at a young age. They saw it with their parents. They saw giving. They saw charitable acts, uh, charitable involvement. It's not even just giving. It's involvement with charities, uh, involvement with a different cause. Seems to be something that you know, then the child takes the parent's lead. Mm-hmm. Who are we mm-hmm. going to That's what happens, right? Mm-hmm. So I think if a lot of us are, you know, as parents, and that's why I, I love, you know, I know, Franco, I know you well enough, obviously, to know about your involvement with, with many different causes. And, you know, it's, it's gr- obviously you're very involved, John. And with two young children, I can only imagine that they will follow in your footsteps. But I think as parents, that's an important point uh, to touch on. If you want your children, you want to raise children, to become that next generation of givers, we need to lead by example. Mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. Yeah, so learning how to give is a complicated conversation, but it starts, and, and even knowing how much to give is also complicated, but it actually starts with starting Mm-hmm. and I advocate that and that keep, keep it simple stupid mindset just get going you don't even say
3: kiss anymore <laughs> yeah
4: well not with you around you know because <laughs> once you're once you're in a certain you know, once you're actually you know once you know it's like worrying too much about your exercise regime when all you're doing is sitting on the couch and watching mm-hmm. TV I mean yeah you know, standing up is actually a pretty good start, you know, so talking to uh, an Olympian, for example, is a different, is a different level of conversation, Mm -hmm. even though a conversation with them about fitness and exercise is just as
2: important. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. Franco and I uh, talk on
2: actually, thank you. That's a good segue uh, (laughs) into next week's uh, show that we're going to say one
3: line. Yeah. I I thought
2: I was just going to jump on that because next week we are going to have Sarah. Yeah. (laughs) Olympian um, representing Canada for the women's uh, rugby international uh, rugby team and it is Sarah
3: Keljuvi. So Sarah we're going to be talking with her about uh, her pursuit of her dream and while dealing with her mother's battling cancer for uh, 10 years and how she's been able to support her extensively and and the way, you know, how while far she's gone. Her own- to yeah. support her mom and be there for her mom, both emotionally and financially, while pursuing her dream.
2: Yeah, so too next week on that. But you. But I yeah, you what I, all
3: I was going to say is, you said something yeah, about start to a today, about five, like a, a few times, and it's in whichever form you said it, I, I took it as that. That's something that Franco and I talk about a lot, and in every presentation that we do, and in meetings, and we do many presentations where we end with a very strong start today, take action, um, mm-hmm. and invite people to take action in that. You know, whatever wherever they're at. You know, and I would encourage everybody to do that. Whether you're, you know, in your 20s, 30s, or you're raising a child, or you're in your 40s or your 50s, or you've never gotten involved and you're in estate planning and you're looking at—we met with somebody today that, you know, she's 66 years old, has no children, and she's about to inherit a, a large amount, and and she has no need to, and she she really wants to look for charitable causes she cares about to donate it and give it to people who can use it because she doesn't have use for this money while living.
2: Well, and, and family don't need it.
3: Yeah, the family don't need it. They're
2: financially set themselves. You know,
3: and for us, we walk away from those meetings and helping people, you know, complete that process. And it's amazing. But I think whatever stage of life you're in, where I was going with that is start today with, even if it's something small, even if it's setting aside, like you said, $25, $50 a month, it doesn't have to be half a million dollars. It could be whatever amount, but building the behavior, setting the pattern, starting so that you have that. Uh, that connection, that experience of giving, and and then as you said, mm-hmm. you grow from there. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, just just to end on that. I'd say that you know people often worry about, oh, if I contribute my small amounts, I'm not going to make a difference in the world. What we know for sure is, you're not going to make a difference in the world if you don't con- if you don't contribute even those small amounts. Um, so I, I, again, the context of starting is great advice and, uh, it applies to savings and it, and it applies to, yeah. to,
2: to, 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 charity.
3: It's a very, it's a great way to end it.
2: Thank you, John. Thanks yeah, for having thank, me here. Yeah, it was great.
3: It's cool because it's, it leaves for me, like at what you just said, leaves me with the feeling of we can really actually change the world. We do change the world. Like you said, not we can, we do. It's just, how do you want to change it?
2: Yeah keep it simple stupid
3: yeah (laughs) and on that note thank you john thanks (laughs) for
2: having me and uh (laughs) until next week well thank you for tuning in we appreciate uh you taking the time to tune in and hopefully you were able to take uh, one thing from today that that will help you to change the world change your community change your family change yourself and uh marissa let's change it up instead of saying have a wealthy week let's just say maybe Change the world.
3: Change the world. <laughs> Change the world. I'm hearing heal great the powerful. world. Okay, sorry, well, I won't <laughs> <laughs> Thank
2: you, and uh, we'll,
1: we'll, uh, we'll uh, chat tune with you next in. week. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Franco Caliguri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week.